everybody. Sean Sewell with the Engagement.com podcast. Very excited to have a Colorado friend, Jeremy Antone Anderson, on the podcast. He is a professional skier, athlete, um, entrepreneur, father, and just an overall awesome person. We've been meaning to connect for, gosh, six months plus. And so uh, amid this COVID virus stuff and bandwidth issues and all the stuff we have going on, we're going to make this a fun podcast with actual items that you can take away for your family during this crazy, crazy time. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Good to, glad to be here. My pleasure, man. I know we've had some uh, issues with the bandwidth and stuff. Uh, as everybody's probably experiencing, more people working from home and bandwidth sharing in the home is, is challenging. So we're doing our best to, to go with it. So listeners out there, we're, uh, we're going to keep plugging away at this conversation because we have a lot to share. Um, Let's start with your filming projects with Rafael Peace, our mutual friend. You were down in Chile shooting a movie, and I've only heard some crazy stories. I'd love to hear from you what your experience was on that, that film shoot. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, first, first off, you know, we, Raf and I, um, uh, we really have a uh, different kind of um, mindset when it comes to ski films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, there's, there's a lot of untold stories and, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, looking for blower turns, who's hucking the biggest cliff. And um, there's, there's so much that goes into these films out, out, outside of that and the indigenous people in the areas that you visit and everything. And obviously, you know, Rafa is, you know, from Chile and, we uh, were able to connect and um, uh, do something pretty special with the Tupangatu film. And um, it just, you know, <clears throat> I think this was Rafa's fifth time attempting Tupangato. And uh, it, it was really incredible to uh, be a part of it. And just, I, I don't know if it was fortuitous or, you know, what, you know, as far as the timing went, but to be down there right before, you know, the people really just rose up against the government mm-hmm. um, and what was happening and um, just to see the instability of an entire country and um, how that actually correlated to our expedition and the instability um, that we had together. And, you know, even though, you know, we were able to attain the goal, you know, Eric and, um, and Rafa were able to summit. Um, and do a partial ski descent um, down, but the really the the um, the the crux of the film is about the human condition yeah. and what um, it takes to accomplish something, and really how that coincided with what was happening in Chile and continues to happen in Chile um, right now. I mean, there's no resolution, and you know, with COVID happening, um, there's you know there. They're, they've got their whole country on lockdown. They're actually enforcing quarantine with drones. Wow. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. And, you know, for a democratic country, um, it's pretty far from where the roots started in the nineties with their first free election. And that's, you know, that's part of the, it's part of the film and how all of that is taking place. So it's going to be a very unique um, adventure ski film. I'm looking so the, forward to it. It's, you know, Raphael is a mutual friend of both of ours, and he's on the show, gosh, beginning of March, talking about some of the, the adventures and a lot of the turmoil down there in Chile and the government and just accessing what I think, and you know, us Americans take for granted, just going to parks outside in the mountains we have in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And that's not, 
that's not the case down there. And it's just, it's such a different environment and you were in it filming. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to not just seeing, of course, the mountaineering and the skiing, but the actual cultural and the context um, of, of all this. So very excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. We literally had to, I mean, Rafa has been working on this project forever, <clears throat> but we didn't even know if we were going to gain access to the area to be able to travel in there and to even attempt this mountain. Even when I flew down there, um, we were, they were still gathering permits and um, we got the final permits that, like within two days of me being down there. Cutting um, it, close. it was, it's that incredible. And it's, you know, just it, to get, you know people background in this and a lot of people need to do some research on chile to understand this is a chile was um an extreme ex, an, an extreme experiment in um in capitalism mm-hmm. so you had um some guys that were trained at the university of chicago they're basically set up to run the country after their first free elections um from the u.s and it would be like if the extreme um, right-wing capitalism, privatization of everything existed in the United States, no protection of public lands, um, which there's there's an underlying current in our country and for that. And, uh, you know, you talk about having to actually pay to go picnic at a park with your family. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely in the same you know, yeah. you know part of this part of this film is bringing light to that and that's you know that's not exactly why the um the protests are happening down there but it is a product of um of the culture and the government that's uh that and was why the people are protesting um because of that because it's endemic of every part of every part of um the uh uh um the system privatization of everything, privatization of lands, everything. So, you know, I was oblivious to it. I I knew Raphael's going down there with you and the crew. And, um, it was, it was interesting to learn about, um, all the different, um, uh, just, I don't know what the right word is restraints, you know, um, that were down there in Chile. I had no idea. I just figured it was a modern country with Santiago and like big cities and, you don't hear about it very much up here, right? So the first five mm-hmm. minutes of Raphael just talking about that over our brunch we're having, I was like, I can't even comprehend this. Most of us can't comprehend how restricted it is down there. And it's and then on top of that, the COVID, like you mentioned, and the quarantining, the drones and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Crazy, <clears throat> crazy times we're in, man. Crazy. Yeah. I think you it's, saw him that I day mean, actually too. Um, you went from my house to I your did, house. Yeah. I did, yeah. He stopped. Yeah, he he stopped by my place afterwards, and we hung out for a little bit, and we're catching up before we headed back to Montana. I mean, before he headed back to Chile, actually. I yeah, it's like Montana head down to, to Chile. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Did, did he tell you about that crazy plane trip he had on from Montana to here? With the, the oh cool. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he said, people were uh, passing gas because they were so nervous. Cause yeah, fear was, farting. Like, yeah, fear farting. Yeah, it was quite the story. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very much a Raphael uh-huh. story. He lives uh-huh. on the edge. Uh huh. But um. Well, God, okay, so that, that's coming out, all things hopefully moving <clears throat> forward uh, in the fall of 2020. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, with, you know, with, uh, uh, with COVID, with the COVID crisis and everything, you know, there's been a little bit of a delay, but um, it looks like the full release is going to be in fall and should have a trailer out for everybody here in the next uh, couple of weeks is what we've been hoping for. Oh, so. wonderful, wonderful. Oh, good stuff. And you can also follow Raphael on Instagram. He's a hilarious guy to follow. 
saying it lightly. <laughs> yeah, definitely a character. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, speaking about you, you're a professional skier. You're uh, you're on the Weston team. Is that right? I'm on the Weston team. Yep. I've been skiing since uh, you know I could probably before I could tie my shoes. Wow. So that's been, a long yeah. time. <laughs> I grew up in. Yeah, it's a long time. I grew up in Michigan, and people don't always think of Michigan as the uh, the bastion of uh, ski, but it has the second most ski resorts in the country. It does? Um, and, That's uh, incredible. It does, yeah. And actually, it is. It's pretty incredible. And up where I grew up in the Upper Peninsula, like a big – one of the um, uh, the big sports up there is ski jumping. And I had I had quite a few friends that ended up in the Olympics for ski jumping. And um, – we, uh, you know, we had mountains that, you know, it's not like, you know, the three to 4,000 foot, you know, vert we have out here, but we had thousand foot, um, vert drops back there. So, you know, plenty of room to train and, you know, in Ishpeming, there's the Olympic training center. And so there was a lot of advent for development of, um, of ski athletes and Alpine athletes. I would never have guessed. It, that's yeah, incredible. I, you know, crazy. We, we get pitched yeah. pretty often from companies uh, for, for snowboard and ski reviews, and they're from Michigan. And I'm like, Michigan? Really? Because I grew up in Nebraska, and we had one ski resort. And I wouldn't even call it that. It was basically a trash <laughs> hump with like an old Chevy, like a rope tow, you know? <laughs> and so we yeah, scotched well, our there jeans. Were those there, too. Yeah. I, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it really makes us appreciate what we have here in Colorado and, and other <laughs> places. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, um, mm-hmm. wow. So you've been at it for a very long time. That's really cool. I have been at it for a very long time and, you know, try to typically, you know, try to ski year round and, you know, get, you know, hundred plus days a year on the sticks and that's so cool. just out and, and, you know, life, you know, what I, what I tried to do when I was younger and what I try to do now and being an older athlete are two entirely different things, but, um, definitely, um, still enjoy, you know, kind of, uh, the specialty, I mean, Pat, Pat Gephardt, you know, Rafa and I kind of have our, you know, our type of style that we do together. And I have another guy I ride with quite a bit, Pat Gephardt, who's on the Western team oh, too. Oh, that's great guy. And he's like a split border. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And we've, over the last few years, we've been kind of uh, <clears throat> marking all the uh, moderate grade Alpine climbs that are typically uh, just actual climbs like, you know, in the M4, you know, WI3, WI2. And we've been soloing those and then skiing down them. Wow. So it's kind it's of been our other level, demo right? over the last few years. Yeah. That's incredible, Jeremy. I mean, <laughs> not the. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm terra firma. I like to be on the snow, on the ground, set up a, a tent if I need to, ride those split boards right there, no ropes, like just on the ground. So you're on the whole uh-huh. other level, you and Patton, people like that. What brought yeah. you into that? Like, what got you excited about getting out the ropes and mountaineering? Uh- um, you know, I think it was kind of, a. um, so I've been, uh, I moved out here in, um, 94 and was up in Alaska, you know, skied the Meshner cooler shortly after that. And just really started, you know, taking some stuff off in Alaska and, um, really got into, uh, technical climbing at the same time, ice climbing. And it's just been a real passion, um, throughout the years, um, doing, you know, some larger Alpine routes and, you know, obviously skiing's always been a passion too. And so, just the uh, convergence of all those skill sets and bringing them together has been a, a lot of fun to use at the same time. And, you know, I like covering a lot of ground usually like to uh, get quite a few, um, get quite a few, uh, um, you know, hours. And I mean, I guess 
what I'm trying to say is I like to get back and do business and spend time with my kids. So I like to cover a lot of ground quickly. Yes, And I like so get up early in the morning, go hammer something out and come back and be in the afternoon and start working on business. And, you know, there's days where I'll actually um, pick the kids up from school in full ski garb, much to the dismay of the teachers as I walk through the halls. <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> and, jealous. <laughs> and all the and all the parents that show up in their suits and yep. you know, their office attire and <laughs> grab the kids and go home and yeah, do a little work and hang out with the kids for the rest of the evening. So Oh, that's fantastic, Jeremy. And that and you're 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 showing your kids that you don't have to follow a typical path, right? And we were talking about that before the show. Um uh, you you know, I, I worked in a law firm in a corporate stable job. And I left that to do the outdoor recreation and fitness and all the fun things I think people like you and I enjoy. And we want to do it because we enjoy it. It makes us happy. We're better people for it, for our families, Mm -hmm. for our friends, uh, for our businesses. So I totally appreciate that about getting in those like bursts of awesomeness and then get back to work or to the family. So, yeah, I, it's, you know, there's a few, there's a few things with that, you know, one is I actually feel like I have more to give my kids, um, because I create, uh, you know, more of that flow state mindset. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it calms, calms my spirit down, feeds my soul. And then I'm able to show more love and affection and empathy to my children. And then also there's, I, I have a huge passion cause I don't, um, I just see so many you know, people talk about this COVID thinking the zombie apocalypse, but I think the zombie apocalypse was happening much more before that with the way that people just, you know, pound, pound their coffee in the morning, get in their cars. And, you know, they probably don't even remember the turns they made on the way to the office or on the mm-hmm. way home that night. And then they go turn on the TV and drone out for a few hours to a couple of beers, you know, and I just, I really don't want to, I really want to show my kids a different way of life to live and that there's a lot of other options out there if they're creative than me put the effort forth. That's so awesome. That, and hats off to you for doing that. And you're really good about sharing it and engaging on social media with people and being inspirational for your kids, for other people. I mean, I suggest everybody go follow you on Instagram and it's, you're doing good stuff. It's inspiring. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's cool I just to like see. To have, I just like to have fun and share it. So <laughs> <laughs> hear that <laughs> well, yeah. like you, uh, it's funny because I, I shoot a lot of content just because I want to share uh, what I'm doing with uh, people who can't do it. I have family in Texas. They don't get to ski and go camping with dogs. And I have friends that uh, are disabled. They don't get to do the stuff you, you and I get to do. So I like to shoot content and try and put them in that situation like, hey, live vicariously on the ski turn or on this rafting thing, whatever it is, right? Just to mm-hmm. get them out of uh, whatever negative mindset they're in. And um, yeah, it's hard for me to not put up more because I've got so much stuff I've shot and uh, – so yeah, like you, I like to show what you can do, not like to brag about what I'm doing, but like what a person can yeah. do. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully people see it that way for, for both of us. Yeah. And I think they do. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think one of the things, um, you know, I definitely know from your feed and, you know, from a lot of the guys that I hang out with is even if, you know, there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook. And I mean, obviously when I, you know, started this in the nineties, there was none of, you know, there's yeah. none of that. And, uh, you know, are the people, you know, that you're following, that you're watching, that are doing what they're doing, would they do it if there was no Facebook, if there was no Instagram, you know, and that's, that if you can see that passion inside them, then that's, Mm -hmm. you know, they're worth a follow, they're worth a message to find out how they're living their life, you know, how they're doing what they're doing and, you know, why, you know, what their why is and, you know, how they get to, how they get to do their why every day. Oh, I dig that. I'm all about the why. You know, a person comes to me for fitness, I'm like, 
they're like, they want this. I'm like, but why do you want that? You know, or, or mm-hmm. for business, like that's great. But why the why yeah. is what's going to drive you with no matter what, when things are up or down, the why is going to get mm-hmm. you through. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I want a you're... big chest so I can like get girls or so I can crush beer cans <laughs> on my forehead. You know, nobody's yeah. going to say that they, but you gotta, so sometimes you have to ask like multiple questions to drill down. You, you're right. To get to like really the core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's of true. What they're really trying to do. Yeah. I dig that. But I know you're really big into fitness too. Uh, I appreciate you seeing that. You know, um, I saw a picture on your Instagram of you. Uh, I know the kettlebell very well. 32 kilo kettlebell right there. I'm a mm-hmm. kettlebell man myself. I love seeing that in action. And um, yeah. so what is your fitness and health routine? What do you do for yourself? Oh, boy, it's, you know, it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of, I, I think the, you know, um, I, I, I have different answers to this all the time. And so I think the best answer is, is I'm, I'm constantly, I'm constantly searching, I tweaking things and doing things differently mm-hmm. because um, there's a base, there's a baseline that I, that I try to attain. And the baseline is, you know, I, the baseline achievements is what I would say is, is kind of my litmus test is like, how fast can I run up James peak and run down James peak? That's, you know, how are my legs feeling? How's what's my recovery time after I do that run. Mm-hmm. And so I have some key markers that I'll do along the way. And if I feel like, Oh, I'm not where I want to be on that. So I'm not going to be able to accomplish certain things in the summer that I want to, that I, that I want to do, then I'll, then I'll adjust my routine. But as far as baseline goes, so, that when you're talking about that kettlebell routine, I have a mm-hmm. friend, Matt Lloyd, who owns mountain, mountain strong. Oh yeah. Uh, it's Good a CrossFit facility. climbing, climbing gym. And he always ropes me into these crazy wads. I mean, the guy's nuts. <laughs> he's got a new book coming out. That's going to be pretty sweet. That oh, nice. he's I want to check got it out. some just absolutely ins- insane, insane workouts. But that day we did, um, so we did 50, we did 50, 40, um, 2010, um, reps. And it, was um with the 32 kilo um full you know american swings and then mm-hmm. um we did a 20 pound wall ball um 50 40 2010s in there it's a lot of volume. Um, yeah. i think we did uh yeah and i i had a trouble walking a couple of days after that <laughs> i bet yeah that's a lot it was brutal <laughs> it was it was brutal. So we do, we'll, we'll do crazy stuff like that. That's, I, um, but like, as far as my core fitness goes, I'm actually pretty, um, really leg intensive. Um, I don't do a ton of, um, arm workouts. I mean, you can see the fingerboard up here yep, in yep. the corner. That's mostly what I'm doing is I'm on my fingerboard or I've got like, uh, the uh, furnace industry tools that I'll, that I'll hang off of and do pull-ups for that for my ice tools. Um, you know, some, but, uh, with, as far as the legs go, um, I do a pyramid, um, I do a, a pyramid, um, a squat routine where I'll, I start, I'll start out, um, with like 35s, go up 10 until I get, and then go down, go up 10 um, pounds each time and then, uh, max out at two reps, um, go down two reps each time and then, then I'll reverse it and go back down to just the, the 35s on there. And then I'll do like a max, um, squat at that point. So I'll be like, I'll, I think the maximum I've done with on the reverse that is, is 60 on that. Cool. So it's one of those things where I'm like really trying to focus on volume for like bigger mountain days, endurance, mm-hmm. strength, um, 
I'll do I'll do uh, you know full Olympic bar with two uh, two thirty fives on the end of that, um, and I'll do sets of twenty um, box steps on that. Oh wow! I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get to I'll get to hundred reps on that. Um, just work it through like that, and I'll do that on the same day that I'm doing my squat routine. So. Just, you know, a lot of stuff that's geared towards just, you know, skinning in the mountains, you know, long yes. alpine climbing days, that type of thing. So that's great. Know. That's good insight. Yeah. And it obviously has paid off because you uh, <laughs> were down in the Andes, climbed up really high mountains, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it keeps me. I mean, I'm, I'll be 45 this year and I'm running around with, you know, Rafa, who's like, what is he, 23 now? 23 Jesus. and yeah, freaking crazy. East of a 23. <laughs> It's a beast, you know, we're like, we're, we're down there. Okay. Here's like, and we're, you know, me and this Finnish guy, we're just like doing, you know, Jonas, we're, we're doing Z's on, on the way up and rock cussing and cursing. And he's just like, and he just gets pissed off. And the next thing you know, he's going straight up this freaking 35 degree slope, skinning it. And we're like, what the fuck is he doing, man? <laughs> what kind like, of skins is he rocking? We're going to attempt that. We'll just let him go. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe those split borders, they get more traction than us skiers. I don't know. It's I don't know. We got wide boards, <laughs> but he's got some good skins and strong legs. Yeah. That's uh, hilarious. I yeah. was, yeah, I was, yeah. Anymore, I just let him go. I'm just like, all right, I'll see you in a little while. It's, it's so true. That's the best way to handle Raphael because it comes at you real hot, you know, passionate, I should say. You're like, just go on the tangent, Raphael. Mm-hmm. I got your back. I actually, I helped out a bit on your trip. I don't know if you know this. I, you guys were up there and I get a text through his uh, Garmin in reach. Hey, Sean, can you get the uh, wind speed, air temperature for the certain times at this elevation? And I was like, fuck yeah, man, I can do that. Just plug it in, send it back to you guys. So hopefully that was the day that uh, him and uh, Eric went up and did that. But yeah, he's, he's determined. I like that. Determined is probably the right word for Raphael. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think, you know, what's, what's interesting is a lot of people look at that and will be like, oh, he's reckless. You know, he's, he's, he's unhinged and, um, you know, he's dangerous. And, um, but I think, I don't know anybody that gets shit done in the mountains, like big, big shit done in the mountains that Mm -hmm. isn't a little reckless, isn't a little unhinged. And those are the guys that I want to, that I want to be around because, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, something's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to at least, you're at you're gonna you're not gonna just get to base camp and all of a sudden be like oh let's fold this it doesn't look right oh the wind's too high or this you know you're gonna try to get some shit done and mm-hmm. you got to have that edge to you uh, to make things happen absolutely that's well said you know personally i find myself in a unique position because i help run uh, this backcountry ski group and it's like just shy of eight thousand people right now right so Every day I check in with the other admins, Garrett and Austin and Alex and Kimberly, to see how we want to lead that group because we're trying to think about the greater good, right? Not about our own personal objectives because I like you. I like to associate with crazy people and get crazy shit done, but you can't lead that way, right? I have to like lead. We're going to do moderate. We're going to stay home. CIC, stop reporting. Uh, you should not be up there. Like, you know, just trying to, for the greater good, because a lot of people are like really green, really fresh to this backcountry skiing and snowboarding. We're trying to do best practices like here's your airy um you know courses here's justin's doing it uh, other guiding companies are doing it you know you do your companion rescue we're going to meet in uh, loveland do a beacon bash we're going to practice with beacons and have hot dogs you know like get the community involved but but the flip side is like a lot of us like you want to get pretty frisky 
go do some crazy shit. <laughs> so I try to moderate that, you know, how I present yeah. it. But, um, well, it's, you know, it's interesting because I've had a lot of conversations like this with other athletes right now. And mm-hmm. it's like, we're, and it's just like when they asked me how I'm doing with COVID and I, my answer to another athlete and somebody who's thinking like you are is I am trying to figure out where I need to be um, between desire and social responsibility right now. Yes. Well put. And it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult yeah. um, place to be cause we're used to, I mean, I, fuck. I mean, the whole reason why I'm in the back country is because so nobody can tell me what to do. You know, yeah. I, I mean, obviously that's where the lines are, but even at the, if, if I, there's lines at ski resorts that I'd want to, that I like to ski too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, they're not open. They, you know, they get to tell you when they, when you can go ski them. And then there's a line of 30 people at the top of it when it opens. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, that's not the way, you know, that's, that's not the reason why I moved to Colorado and why I started skiing the lines I ski. Um, so, you know, I've, I've sought out a different thing and, you know, you get, you spend 20 years doing something like this and not listening to people telling Mm -hmm. you when and when you can't do things. And, and then, and now, um, with the advent of all the equipment, um, you know, the, how much safer the backcountry has become with all the Gazex machines on Bertha Pass and everything, People, people, even, you know, people, I think, look at me or look at Rafa or maybe you and they're like, oh, you've got a high risk aversion. Like, no, I know what the risk is and I know how to mitigate it, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I, I have no problem turning around. There's a huge difference between me being in the back country, you being in the back country, mm-hmm. Rafa being Pat being in the back country, Justin being in the back country. Um, and somebody who just started doing this a year ago and isn't even aware of any of the risks that they're facing. Right. Well put. And that's where, that's where the social responsibility comes in from me. And that's, and I have to throttle some of my desire, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe I still go out, but I don't tell people where I went. That's smart. Yeah. We <laughs> get this discussion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which, it, just what I did yesterday. So right. like, let people figure it out from the scenery. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I respect that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause uh, a lot of places I go, uh, they, you know, four or five years ago, they weren't that common, but now they are probably because I post a lot about where I go. And the last time I was up, I was with my friend Wade, who's also a Western ambassador. He's a great guy. Um, we went up and we were doing our best. We did a social distancing. We were out, and we're at Bertha. It's Friday. We got there early, probably six 30. We got to our, perfect trees, which is a really fun, moderate zone, you know, given the conditions were um, considerable. And I've never seen more people in my life at that area. And not only that, but people who are so new to backcountry that they shouldn't be there. No backpacks, no, obviously no beacons, totally clusterfucked on the mountain. Uh, Just real sloppy. So I made, I like looked at Wade and like, Wade, I'm going to go put on the the wax for the boards. I'm not going to add to it right now. I'm just going to focus on some other stuff. And uh, we made that pack together. Then, then obviously the lockdown happened that Monday. But before it happened, I had heads up because my, my wife works at a law firm that has close relationships with, with the mayor. So I went to Jones Pass and went camping one last time with the dogs. And like, all right, <laughs> soak it in, soak it in, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And then came home and been home since. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, for like people like you and me, like that is our happy place. And so it's been a unique challenge, like trying to find out a new happy place. So now it might be sitting on my deck right there and staring at a tree. Or like anything I can do to just 
be at nature, like you said, get in that flow state and just soak up that love and be present and then go back and be with my mm-hmm. wife, be with my business partners, my clients and whatever it is, right? Because we still yeah. all need that outlet and that the health, mm-hmm. the fitness, the mental health, mental well-being. Um, and I've, I've battled depression and anxiety my whole life. And so those are my, my go-to tools for backcountry, you know, splitboarding, camping, uh, and just being away from everybody. No cell phone service. So it's been unique trying to adapt to that. And I'm sure it has been for a lot of other people too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, crazy times, man. Crazy times. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think Gary posted a picture yesterday of Loveland Pass being closed the parking now and oh, everything good. as yeah. well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I, I am the best advice that I could have somebody who's like just starting out is if you haven't been there before, don't go there now. Right. Yeah, please, please don't <laughs> <You> go. <know? laughs> please don't go there now. You know, yeah. don't, don't think like, oh, you know, well, everything's closed. So I'm going to go try to, you know, even if it's a gentle slope up a 13 or something, it's like, no, it's not the time to get out there and no. do that. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's good advice. And hopefully anybody listening that is curious about this, reach out to, to anybody in the community and like ask what resources, what equipment. This is time to start planning. Get your fitness up. Read some books. Yeah. Take some courses, right, online. And then next mm-hmm. season, you'll be more appreciative of this environment. Yeah. And I, I think too, I mean, I want to make myself available and I know, I know I can speak for other guys as well, you know, on the Weston team. If anybody has any questions at all, we're very open. I mean, we, we hold, we host uh, splitboard meetups, you know, mm-hmm. where we take out and we work on techniques with people and everything. And if anybody's looking for beta or just a general question, Hey, should I go try this right now? A skill set. Gonna, and, it, and that goes far as it goes with, you know, any you know, alpine routes, you know, you can tell me what you've done and tell me the route in Colorado and I'll say, hey, you know, probably not time for you to jump on that right now. Um, I think one of the biggest things with the, you know, I hate using the term, but the newbies, people who are new to, newer mm-hmm. to the outdoor um, uh, backcountry is right now, if anything goes wrong, um, it is extremely difficult because all of the em- emergency services, medical staff, and everybody are just tapped, tapped out mm-hmm. with everything. So, you know, just getting just getting a rescue um, set up in place is going to be difficult. I mean, let's just take like Breckenridge, um, for instance. You know, we were Pat and I did a massive ridge line. You know, we had like four thirteeners in one day, and we're coming wow. down, um, lady pulls her hamstring, end up carrying her down. We get Rocky Mountain Rescue up there. There was probably like um, just to do that rescue, there were, I think, seven trucks, 15 people that showed up. And so that's, I mean, that's an incredible amount of resources. And you got to think if those people are already like, you know, doing home visitations or having to run ambulances around town, pick people up, transfer them to hospitals, they're running hospitals and double shifts. Um, right now you, you get into a simple, a, um, accident, like pulling your hamstring, don't know how to get yourself out of there, whatever. You're going to tax a community like Breckenridge like that. I mean, it's just, yeah. they'll, they'll be overwhelmed just with your little hamstring injury. So that's why that that's the, I think that's one of the main reasons why these smaller communities are like, Hey, please just, you know, stay out, stay away. Right. Yeah. Now. So no, that's a very good point. And, and 
from what I understand, um, the, the Summit County and the mountain communities have a higher, um, I want to say higher COVID race right now. Like the first, the first person in Colorado came from Summit County, right? He was skiing and like, it's crazy. I, so like, mm-hmm. don't yeah, I think like Eagle County was like ground zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a thunk, no. You know, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like we're, you know, they, me and all of, all of my guys were dying to get out there too. And beyond, you know, I'd love to go dry tool and veil and start working on some skills for stuff. I mean, we're, I don't know how many people, you know, we had, you know, we, potentially had trips on the Pika Glacier. We were talking about, you know, a, a ski project in the Denali, um, in Denali National Park too for wow. this, you know, spring. And, you know, it's, <clears throat> if, if you think like, you know, just your weekend has gotten um, screwed up and your plans, you know, think about like, you know, some of the bigger athletes and some of the plans they had film crews set up and everything that they're going out and doing. It's, it's, this is not just an isolated, I think the big thing is like a lot of people are focused on, Oh, this is, this is affecting me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. This is affecting everyone, every walk of life. Yes. You know, it's just, there's, there's, there's not a single person in the world that's unaffected by this right now, which is really crazy to think about. It is crazy. And I think it's also in some ways good. And hear me out. It doesn't sound, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be morbid about it, but I think it's nice for all of us to have a suffering together, right. To kind of bring us all together. Like to your point, you know, uh, two weeks ago in Denver, they closed down everything. Right. And I run three gyms, three fitness businesses, and it's all in person. Right. And I do have online stuff and online courses and you know stuff like that. But to, in one day to lose three jobs, I was like, Whoa. So, you know, I had a little pity party for myself. I'm like, oh, poor me, this sucks. And then I realized those poor people, that's like 80 people that need health and fitness services. What can we do to serve them? So I woke up the next morning, got the camera going, start filming some stuff, send it out to them, check in with them. Hey, how are you? Crazy times. I know you had electric surgery you were going to do that got postponed for two months. Let's talk about that. How's the dogs doing? How are your kids doing? Like, just getting connecting with people, right? Because that's what I've learned the last few weeks is I've never felt closer to more people, although physically distanced than I have in the last few weeks. It's been kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's really interesting. So my, um, my, my primary source of income that I have is from a property management company that I own. And, um, you know, I live on the, uh, I live by city park in Denver and I'm constantly running and, you know, walking around this area and, you know, the mood of the city is definitely taxed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are pretty tapped out in, in certain areas and there's, there's, uh, you know, no, you know, I'm not paying rent signs and stuff around. Um, and we, uh, I have a business partner and we called all of our tenants and we just chose to rather than be, you know, like, are you going to be able to pay rent this month? Um, we chose to say, Hey, you know, where are you at? Are you working? Do you have food? Do you, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I take your temp, take their temperature call mm-hmm. and then rather and not even ask about rent. And if they brought it up then they brought it up and, um, and then we went back and talked to our owners that we represent and asked them what their plan is and you know, how they wanted to handle, um, this situation. And, um, it's, it's incredible how, um, people reacted to those empathy calls and how we were able to um, collect rent and not make it a combative situation, even though that's where it's really at yeah. in the rest of the city. That's so awesome. <laughs> you know, whether it's your know, business owner who's a one. 
and that's and I think that's what you're saying too is opportunity. I mean, business doesn't stop. You know, the world doesn't stop because mm -hmm. of this, but we are stopping. You know, things still continue to happen. It's not like the financial markets have been paused, and you know, everybody's mm -hmm. bank accounts are frozen. You're still having to spend money, and, but you you're not necessarily bringing money in. And you know, I think people can choose to be combative and situations like this so they can just you know enhance their level of empathy with others and and show compassion and love um and uh you know that's what you're doing with your business that's what we're trying to do with our business and um and i think um i think if we if we can actually when this clears up continue that in this world it'll be a much better place but I don't know if that's gonna happen <laughs> I it's sure hope be it really does. interesting to see how people react I, yeah. I I think there'll be a sect of us that'll probably continue that and might be able to enhance that. But I also think there's going to be a sect of that that's going to be like, you know what? Um, I need to get mine and I need to continue to have mine, and they're going to mm -hmm. get more doomsday. And you know, they're going to, you know, they're, it's like the Stephen Martin on the last uh, scene of The Jerk. I don't know if you remember that movie. It's been a long he's like, time. I just need this. I just need that. And yeah. he just like grabs everything in the house and leaves his whole family behind. And he just walks out with this armful of stuff on his own. And um, yeah, I mean, that's not the way I want to live my life. And that's not the type of people that I want to have around me. But I think, you know, probably, there's going to be a, there could be a, a dichotomy that comes out of this situation. Uh, yeah, definitely understand that for sure. And I, and I do hope that most people, hopefully a lot of people take away from this, like appreciating the little things more, um, not being so entitled. Don't, don't be so greedy and just show a little more empathy and compassion because we're all in this in the same planet together, trying to do the best we can mm -hmm. and provide services yeah. and valuable to other people. And, um, I really hope that's the way it goes. But you know, like you said, it might not. People might forget real quick, like, oh, whenever that COVID thing lasted for three months, yeah, blah, whatever. <laughs> but it could be a great Let's opportunity hope so. to go. Let's hope so for sure, man. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, that's cool that you were you reached out to check on the people, like you said, a temperature call, and just to see, not to, not to extract anything, but just to, to connect with them. And that's mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Thanks. Hopefully their businesses do that too. That'd be key. So, um, yeah, so a lot of your projects are tabled right now, and I understand that. And, you know, doing gear reviews, we had all kinds of projects with like North Face and Patagonia and all these companies, and then they're all got put on the on hold. Obviously, Patagonia, always being awesome, was the first to shut down their stuff. Like, we're not going to be open indefinitely. You know, we're going we're gonna to table those projects. And then uh, Cordini, which I, you know, Raphael's working on making some gloves and like, like, Hey, you know, we're going to send you a bunch of stuff to go test for your, your riders, but we can't get in our warehouse now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like, there's a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. going on. Right. Like, and mm -hmm. um, we're all, we're all just doing our best to make the most of the situation and, and serve our customers and clients and students and stuff. But um, what's it like having the kids around a little bit more right now? Is that uh, pretty entertaining? <laughs> It's it's entertaining. Um, you know, I I, I was um I've been a huge uh, proponent of technology for my kids, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, I I you know, I think I think uh, in um in the community of people that have children, um, there is there's a huge split with you know when do I give my kids technology and when don't I you know how yeah. long do I wait, and I've always been like. Phew, 
right away. You know, let's teach them how to use it. It's the same thing as having an encyclopedia on the wall and a hammer in a, in, in your drawer, right? Yeah. If I, I'll hand my kid a hammer, but I'm going to supervise them. I'm going to teach them how to use it. Right. But I'm not going to give it to a two year old and be like, Hey, you know, go have fun with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just that's not going to work. Right. So, um, so with my older two, it's uh, I've my my eleven and my ten year old. It's worked out pretty well. They've had um, Chromebooks for a little while, and you know the schools are checking them out for people for families that don't have them. But uh, but I still am a little bit of a tech support. And mm-hmm. the first day of distance learn, which was initiated this last Monday, was a little difficult. <laughs> um, but uh, the the challenge is the six year old because he needs constant supervision with yeah. stuff, and it's a uh, it's a little challenging, but, um, it's, I think it's, it's all going to work out in the end. And, um, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to spend more time with them and that's the way I have to look at it. But at the same time, um, you know, the rest of the world doesn't stop, you know, I'm not, I don't have a corporate job and so mm-hmm. I don't have a paycheck coming in and deferment responsibilities. You know, the responsibilities that I have since being a business owner continue to go every day. And, you know, obviously being an athlete, I don't want to have the quarantine 15 that everybody's talking about <laughs> gaming right now. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you're going to have that problem. Yeah. So, so I'm still, yeah, probably not. Um, so I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to train and, you know, do everything, do, you know, do in-home stuff with the gyms closed and everything like that and keeping a routine going. And, but I, I think what I am, what, I, I tell you this, the biggest thing that I've been cognizant of is, is, um, the amount of time I'm spending on things, um, mm-hmm. through this. So like, uh, you know, if I don't have the kids and I don't have, you know, that, um, uh, that, that responsibility for a day, you know, I might like, you know, do a fingerboard routine over the course of, you know, an hour and a half or a couple hours while I'm mm-hmm. working, you know, standing up and everything. And, and now I'm like, okay, I've got 45 minutes and I'm going to cram everything that I was doing in that 90 minutes into that 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it, it's, you know, it's giving me a little bit more of a, it's elevating the heart rate and stuff like that. And it's keeping me a little more focused and on my toes. So, because I have to disconnect and focus on the kids and help them out with, you know, be, you know, I'm, I'm like a para, you know, professional <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in home. I'm an in-home para. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate your honesty with that because, you know, um, we don't have kids. We have two dogs, but our, we have a two bedroom condo and the other bedroom is our gym. Right. And mm-hmm. fortunately it's a very well equipped gym. Right. But also very fortunately, I, we built an office for my, my wife to work there one day a week and it was going very well. Right. So now it's kind of funny in the house. She, you know, works in HR. So like, I'm like, all right, honey, from 10 to 11, I'm going to be the loud one in the house. I'll get the microphone, and the podcast going and the bandwidth. And then from 11 to 12, she's going to be on a meeting with the, you know, her people. And then like from 12 to one, I've got a person I'm going to train in the gym. And so like, you know, we're making it work. It makes you appreciate all the little things. And, um, and for my own personal fitness, I don't get to dedicate like X amount of time. Right. So there's a technique and a, a terminology from strong first from Pavel, um, called grease in the groove with where you like you go to the hangboard and you do three or four pull-ups cool we'll do some come back do a couple more maybe some l sits you know then i've got some push-ups you know 50 air squats whatever so i'm doing a lot of that so i'm constantly like you said in movement whatever i can get like when i get right now to get another cup of water i'm gonna do you know some some squats or some lunges right getting in where i can makes you appreciate when you do get to go to your your favorite gym you know and swing the 32 kilo uh, kilogram kettlebell and do the battle ropes and the box jumps and stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. Um, and also you brought up a good topic too. 
Well, we have four nieces all under the age of six and they are very much not allowed to do technology. So if I show them a video of the dog playing in the mountains, I, I have to clear it with the, the mother and father, of course. And I show them this video of foxes and my dogs one minute long. Okay, that's the only thing they get to see today though. So now that they're home, you know, things might be adapting to technology mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how parents are adapting in these times with them, having the, the children at home a lot more than usual. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. It's, uh, it's, um, I think, I think everybody it's as much as people say things aren't situational and situations aren't, I mean, and decisions aren't situational. They absolutely are. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where you're constantly evolving and like this, the situation is changing on a day to day basis. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's absolutely crazy. So you have to evolve and be flexible. You can't be hard and fast with rules. That's right. <laughs> There's another term, yeah. uh, uh, anti-fragile, right? You can bend, right? And get stuff done. If you're just yep. too strong and rigid, snap and break. But um, that's really great stuff. Uh, so well, I appreciate your insights on what it's like to uh, adapt as a family person with the kids, adapt your fitness, adapt your professional athletic endeavors, adapting your personal businesses like we're both entrepreneurs. And so it was so, it made a lot of sense to me and it made me very happy and proud of you that you adapted so quickly and reached out empathetically to your customers just to figure out where they are at, get a pulse on it. That's great advice for any kind of business owner. Is there uh, anything else you want to get off your chest or talk about the next few few moments before I had to hop off and let my wife take over the loudness in the yeah. house? <laughs> No, I think, um, I think, uh, you know, I'd love to do this again with you sometime. Um, oh, I'd love to as well. Blast. And, uh, yeah, we got to get out and shred when this whole thing, uh, ends and oh, I'm looking go, forward to that. Uh, go do a, go do a big day in the Hills and count me in for that. Jeremy. Know, maybe it, even, maybe even, maybe even get you in on a technical line. I'll give it a shot. Somewhere. You know, I've, you I've know, got a lot of friends so, that are trying to get me yeah. elevated. I might have to do it. <laughs> And I know, like, I think you and I would have been at the, the <laughs> Front Range Splitboard Festival this weekend, so it's kind of crazy to think they were, were not. It yeah. is. It's really, it's really incredible. Um, I, that, that thing had so much momentum. And, oh, huge. Uh, it, it was, was, yeah, it ended up getting canceled. Yeah. And it's, what's crazy is it's snowing out there right now, so. Oh, I know. That makes us appreciate it even more when we get up there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Not to disclose where I was yesterday but i don't even think just so people know i don't think they're running the gazex machines on birth that pass and they're mitigating a lot of avalanche stuff right now they're just trying to keep everybody out of the back country because uh i saw i saw a lot of cornices up um from a distance mm-hmm, from an mm-hmm. extreme distance <laughs> um that normally would have been blasted off i was not at birth that pass but um uh from an extreme distance i was able to see because they're so large so if anybody does go out, I think that's my parting shot is, is you need to be hyper aware because they're, I think everyone is either protecting their people mm-hmm. um, or they're, uh, they're, um, they're protecting their resources right now so that it can be focused on the people who are most in need. That's great advice. I appreciate the insight and the listeners do as well. Well, Jeremy, we're going to do it again. Much love to you and your family. And thank you for your time. And thank you for being an inspiring, badass person. Ah, thanks, Sean. Look forward to the next time. <laughs> Me too, sir. All right. And all you listeners out there, thanks for checking out the engagement.com podcast. And all my love to you and your families as well during this crazy, crazy time. Take care. <laughs>